1: Hosted by Housing Wire's editor-in-chief Sarah Wheeler and lead analyst Logan Motoshami. In this episode, Motoshami discusses how the new COVID variant, Omicron, will impact inflation and whether or not he thinks it'll send mortgage rates lower. Additionally, he discusses his HW Plus article that examines the latest
0: pending home sales report that shows a big beat of estimates. According to him, we can officially label the 2021 housing crash bears as even worse than the 2020 housing crash bears. But before you listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor.
1: Want to give your customers the streamlined mortgage experience they expect? Fannie Mae's digital mortgage solutions are fast, efficient, contactless, and they save paper. Our digital mortgage solutions provide efficiency for you convenience for your customers, and deliver a great experience at every stage of the mortgage cycle. Own the mortgage experience with Fannie Mae's innovative solutions. Visit Fannie slash go digital.
0: Welcome to this episode of The Rundown with Logan Motorshami. Really excited to be here. Of course, I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HousingWire. Logan, welcome back to this second episode of our podcast.
1: It is great to be here.
0: We're so excited. And do we have a lot to talk about? Wow. Okay, so yes, we do. On Friday, you wrote an article. So it was it was it was Black Friday, but no, you were looking at uh, what's going on with the Omicron virus. I hope I said that right. And you wrote uh, a story about how that how the rise of that might affect the uh, Fed raising rates. Very interesting article. And then we just had uh, the Fed Chair Powell testifying this morning. So tell us, you know, what should we look for there? How is this variant interacting? What did Powell say?
1: So I have this philosophy when we're working from zero interest rate policy, that if we want to authentically think when the first rate hike is going to happen, the two-year yield uh, is going to be above zero point five six percent. And before the uh, new variant news came out, we were t- trading well above sixty, and things looked okay there. Then, boom, that news came out. Uh, it dragged the two-year yield all the way down to about forty-two uh, basis points. Until recently, now Powell came on in a congressional testimony and basically said the word transitory is dead. Uh, we're, we're going to be very mindful of inflation. And what that did is that shot the two-year yield up to, I think, uh, 54 basis points right now currently. But you can see that the bond market is a little bit more volatile on the short end. So I've always stressed this to, uh, to all my followers. When the t- when the two-year-old is above 50, we're finally in the era where we could actually talk about the first rate hike, but we could see some volatility and we see that Uh, Currently, but we're still kind of in that we are in bed. Don't really want to get up just yet. Phase, even with what Powell said, we're not we're nowhere close to where we were on Friday. But the other thing is the ten-year yield, right? And mortgage rates. Uh, Ten-year yield has not been able to uh, come close to retesting the highs of of this year, or even come close to the kind of the peak level of 1.94%, which I've been talking about for many years. Uh, as a critical level. So there is a setup to where if the Fed is aggressively raising rates, or, or even just in the process of raising rates, where well, the market believes they're going to raise rates, the dollar will get stronger. And if that happens, oil prices, which is already in a bear market already, can go down uh, lower, which will bring inflationary data down, and the 10-year yield going up higher in that kind of environment, you know, I'm not sure that'll be the case in 2022. So there's just a lot of variables in place right now. And now we have the, uh, uh, the Omicron variant and we'll, we'll see what that does because like we've talked about for, uh, for some time now, especially with the AB recovery model, What's what's happened in surge two, three, four, and five now? Because the surge right now is is not predicated to the new variant. We're we're consuming goods and services as a country with an active virus infecting and killing us. There are sectors that do get hit. There's some economic data that will get hit, but it's nothing like what we saw from happen in March and April of 2020. So we have to move past beyond that thinking and and and, and just our uh, new variables on. We're not going to have shutdowns. We're not going to have people be fear of of not consuming. and In fact, one of the data lines that is so strong that even I can't believe is that retail sales have been taking off and that should moderate over time. So a lot of things are happening right now.
0: So, you know, you're one of the few people who have said that you don't expect rates to go up next year, um, that that you could make a good case for rates uh, going down next year, which, you know, no one said has anything that has happened over the last over the weekend or Friday or today with those rates. Does that uh, make you think, yes, you're on the right track or or change what you think?
1: Nothing has changed my view because I'm basically doing what the same thing I've done for many years now. I have bond year channels that I keep uh, within an expansion. And uh, for 2021, it was 62 basis points to 1.94%. So technically, we're in the upper level of that uh, channel. And if the economy does slow down or inflation slows down, the Fed raises rates to kind of cool the economy down. Is that an environment where the bond yields would go up? Or will you know, mortgage rates really go up higher? And that's the difference, I think, with my work than everyone else. I believe in the bond market channel first, and the mortgage rate is actually a secondary thought. Uh, we work off of that. And in that article, for everyone who can read it, the long-term downtrend is your friend, right? Uh, it has basically stayed there for over four decades. That is the most powerful trend right now in economics. And even with the hot economic data, the hot inflationary data, the taper talk, the first Fed rate hike talk, Powell talking about inflation, the 10-year yield is at 1.47, right? The whole America back recovery model back on April 7th, said when things are fine and okay, we should be in a range between 1.33 to 1.60, which if you can go back to the previous expansion was a key range as well, it's there. So the bond market looks perfectly normal. I just believe that if we're forecasting rates in 2022, people should talk about where they think the 10-year yield is going uh, instead of just using mortgage rates. And I think because it's impossible for mortgage rates to really go up much higher uh, if the 10-year yield doesn't go along with it. And this is why I keep on talking about that 1.94 level, right? Uh, A lot of people say, well, housing market's going to get slammed when rates go above 4%. Nobody's giving me a really valid theory on why the 10-year yield should be above 2% uh, based on well, the same thing that was supposed to happen this year, right? Inflation is hot, economy is hot, 10-year yield, 1.47. We're almost in December now. You know, one of those
0: uh, one of those economic indicators that you look at, which I know is a favorite of yours, is the jobs report. So job openings. And, you know, talk about why, you know, you and I talked about why this new variant is not affecting that yet and, and what effect that will have on the overall
1: market. Here's... Here's, here's an interesting uh, topic for me, because well before the jobs recovery was really taking off and the job openings data was taking off, I was tweeting jolts 10 million, right? Uh, um, I'm, I'm in a different camp than a lot of people. Most Americans are always working. There is no missing labor force that's sitting there since 1945. This has been a big theme of my work for a long time now. I don't agree with the left or the right on this. People have to work because they have to feed themselves. Uh, the, the extended un, um, unemployment benefits are gone, really. Uh, the savings rate is kind of wind down. We have enough labor. The civilian labor force is about 162 million. We're about 148 million people plus working. We have enough labor to get the jobs back to pre COVID levels. But the job openings being above 10 million looks perfectly normal. They were at 7 million before COVID hit us. There is this notion that there is a missing labor force, a mass quantity of Americans that have been sitting at home since 1945, buying homes, paying rent, buying clothes, not working, living off of welfare. It's not the case, right? Most people are working. So there's parts of the United States of America that doesn't have a lot of prime age labor force growth, young people uh, overriding their older workers. And we have a lot of of sectors that have a lot of elderly people working in their time, nature. There is no Dorian Gray labor market force. So That'll be an interesting aspect going out, not just for next year, but for the next uh, a few decades. Uh, do, we, do certain parts of the US, can they attract enough young labor to come in to replace the old? But the job data looks great. Job openings are high. Unemployment claims broke to about 199,000. We're at levels back in 1969. The US economy is on fire. Things are good on that front. For housing, it's really where's the 10-year yield going? I think that's where a good part of the discussion should be in 2022. Well, let's talk
0: about um, some of the housing data specifically. Let's talk about pending home sales. Came out yesterday. And I don't know if anyone was more excited about that report than you were yesterday. So tell us, tell us why.
1: So those who know me know I've harped on the Housing Bubble Boys 2.0, um, a fraudulent professional grifting group of people. Most of them are anti-central bank fanatics or conservative real estate investors that read shadow stats. Um, terrible. Not the best talented people. Great trollers, right? Unbelievable. So we had a lot of people that had talked about the 2021 forbearance crash or the second half housing crash or all this stuff. They just got blown out of the water, right? Um, existing home sales are outperforming now. They're they're trending. The last two reports are above 6.2 million. Pending home sales are now accelerating. And in that article, everybody's iBuyers and investors purchase application data. If you are sophisticated enough to read that data line correctly has been getting better for 12 weeks. The year-over-year average, the declines were less, right? We wrote that article early for housing Wire. It's like, hey, listen, purchase application data is going to be negative the second half of the year because of comps. Don't overreact to that. People are going to push that as a second-half housing crash. The completely opposite has happened. Sales are rising. Mortgage buyers are actually coming back. The data's firming right in front of everybody. And to my knowledge, only myself and Odetta, the economist for First American, who has been talking about this, and look what happens. Pending home sales are up. Existing home sales are up. The 2021 forbearance crash bros overrided the 2020 housing bubble, boys. That takes a lot of talent to be that bad in housing.
0: And that's why you say, you know, you don't even think they believe it. Um, they're not that bad. They're, they're, just, uh, they're just trying to sell something.
1: There's a part of me that says, nobody's this terrible like who thinks you have the best housing demographic patch ever and you have mortgage rates under four percent you have the best loan profiles ever recorded in u.s history and you're talking about 40 50 60 percent price crashers educated high income positive cash flow homeowners who are living in their house longer are going to not even sell your house at a market bid but they're going to discount your their houses at 20 or 30. it's a grifting tactic right so I used to think this is all lying, but the more and more I'm seeing some of these people, they actually, some of them actually really believe this stuff. And it's a lot of older men. I hate to say it.
0: (laughs) Um, well, what does the rest of this week look like? What are you going to be watching the rest of this week, as far as you know? What what other testimony comes through for the you know in front of Congress or other reports? What are you looking at?
1: Well, the home price index came out today, the FHFA and Case-Shiller, and you know, going back to what I wrote in April, you know, things the rate of growth should cool down. Uh, Case-Shiller lags a little bit, so I think that the rate of growth is cooling down already, just like in in August or excuse me, October of 2020 I'm thinking oh wow home prices are about to take off the case shillers lagging the the real growth is hotter that's that's kind of what I talked about last October now I think the rate of growth is cooling this is a positive we want a bnb marketplace boring and balanced and now we're seasonality into the area where uh inventory starts to come off and what we don't want to see is inventory start off 2022 at all-time lows like we had this year because guess what happened this year we don't want to see this kind of home price growth action we want people to have more choices more choices is a good thing right uh that, that'll be a positive for the housing market our uh, jobs friday is coming up and uh, uh we'll see how many jobs are coming in i kind of have a timeline I've, I've done a 12-month timeline starting from the, the end of september that we should get all the jobs back by september of 2022. And we'll see what the progress of that is going. But just exciting stuff. The market's kind of been bored for some time this year. And to get all this stuff happening, I think any, any of us that are financial market participants, we're uh, getting a little bit more action than we, uh, we've we been used to the last few months.
0: Logan, love talking to you. We're going to do this every week where you give your quick hits. But you know, also every week you write for Housing Wire for HW Plus members, where you do deep dives into these Different things, and really explain why you why you say these things, so that people can figure it out for themselves. Which I think is a, a really, uh, you know, great value proposition for our readers is that you help explain how they can look at things and come up with the right conclusions for themselves, as well as you give them some of that too.
1: If I'm doing my job right, then people should be able to finish my sentences for me, because it's about teaching, right? It's about economic models, it's about back testing, looking at different variables, but. Economics done right should be boring. This should not be. Everything's doom and gloom, cl- crash. I mean, if we have not learned that these are professional grifters, these are not data people. I've always talked about, especially like last night on Twitter. I talked about anybody who talks about housing crash. You should a make sure they have a real name. B uh, make sure they're forecasting sales. Like a lot of people, like I, I don't know the authentic housing people when they forecast sales. If they're not forecasting sales, they're grifting. And three, you never want to listen to anti-central bank fanatics. This is a basically a, a, an economic death squad post-1913 that really hates living in America these days. They want to go back <laughs> to the 1800s before the Fed was created. They missed the longest economic expansion in history, missed the COVID recovery. They're all net long stocks. They just troll the internet because they have no ideas. Why? Because they're old. A lot of elderly men. <laughs>
0: Always an interesting take with you, Logan, and we really appreciate you sharing it with our uh, listeners and our readers at housingwire.com, and we will uh, look forward to what else you do this week and see you back here next week.
1: Yes. The fun's just starting, everyone. Time to get ready for it.
0: Thanks. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwirecom forward slash membership.
1: Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.